Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Sarah and with me as always is my dear friend from the other side of the world, Dan. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, Sarah. <laughs> How long do you think we can keep that up? I, I, I couldn't even do the accent. I wish I could, but yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't too bad. All those years of watching Neighbours and... Um, <laughs> what the fuck's that other show called? I can't even remember. Home and Away. That's the one. Yeah. Wow. You really do watch them, don't you? <laughs> Shit. Well, what I watch these days is cycling. <laughs> well, that's only because there's such a paucity of it available. <laughs> So, um, all right, I think um, I need you to catch me up on the end of uh, Jero Toscana, please. Yes, yes. Well, when, when we left last week, Annemiek van Vleuten had won stage one. Toscana's a really strange race. They do things like they make them race in the dark in the prologue, so they make them wait for hours and hours till it gets dark in, in Italy in the summer. And, um, yeah. So they raced the first, uh, the first, the prologue in the dark. It was a really weird prologue. Apparently, they kind of had to go ride, 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 and then at the finish line, there was like a wall, like ten meters mm. <laughs> away from the end of the finish line. So they had to stop very quickly. Which is actually um, better than the original finish that they had planned, which was uh, five meters from a cliff. So <laughs> it, it's it's always a matter of you know perspective. That's true. Um, Georgia Bronzini won stage one, which was flat and sprinty, as you might expect. Uh, Malgazata Jasinska from M. Cipollini Giambanini won stage two, which was a climby stage, and she got loads of time in and took the GC then. Uh, Inga Silvanita won stage three, happy days, happy days. And then the fourth stage was really fucking weird. Um, it ended in Florence, in Firenze, and they were riding along happily, happy, 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 happy. Got to Florence, and someone had stolen all the race signs. Ah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I... So they so, so they couldn't didn't, so they got misdirected, and then they were apparently standing around in the roads with people trying to know what to do, and and the riders just standing there going, "Well, what the fuck, you know?" And so Bronzini, um, she's double world champion. She's the queen of Italian cycling at the moment, and she's the patro- you know patro- took her patron duties seriously. I was like, "Well, fuck this. We'll just ride. Um, we'll just ride tempo to the finish, and then we'll just put a sprint on for the last. <laughs> you know, then we'll just put a sprint on in the last kilometer, so that the crowds have something to see. Yep. They just neutralise it. So they did. Um, they rode. They just. They, you know. They kind of soft pedaled. They, they were really pissed off about it, actually, all the riders, because it was a shitty thing to happen. It's a shitty thing to happen. That of the, course. I mean, that's that's one of the worst kinds of sabotage that there could be. Yeah, and then they were. I think they've been like. You know, then the race organisers were like, make. You know, wanted it to be very exciting, of course. But so it's like the compromise. So um, Bronzini won that stage. I think it was one of those sprints where no one else really contested it. You know, a sprint for the crowds. <laughs> Oh, oh come on! No, everyone sprints for the like crowd. The you know, but you know, like like the like the post tour crits that the men play. <laughs> yes. Where Andy Schleck wins a sprint against. I what don't he's know, been working uh, on his sprint really hard, and Cav, Cavs <laughs> Cavs clearly out of form after the tour. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Bronzini won uh, Florence Madness, and um, Jasinska won the overall GC, which was really good. It's a really good result for her, actually. That you know, it's a really nice, 
really nice result. I would say that's probably one of her best, um, you know, one of her best results ever. So, you know, well done to her and well done to Emma Cipollini because they defended it really well. And yeah, that's, you know, 10 points to her. Brilliant. And yeah, Toscana finished. And then we went into mad, mad racing week with Brainwashed Ladies Tour and Tour de la Vesh. Indeed, which um, uh, I'm really enjoying because I can never remember who the fuck's in which race, uh, which, <laughs> which is awesome. So, at the like, I, I have this weird thing going on now where there are some riders who I'm pretty sure are in both races. And, <laughs> and yeah. It feels like that, doesn't it? It does, and especially because, you know, um, there's all these mixed teams as well, which doesn't mean yeah. what you think it means. Um, <laughs> well, Yeah, no, um, it's true. There are, so, uh, in, in category 2.2 stage races, yeah, women's stage races come in 2.1, 2.2, and uh, then national, yeah? And in 2.2 stage races, you can have mixed teams, and they only seem to do it really at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two races, uh, Tour de Lardèche is the French one, and it's very, very hilly. Uh, Holland Ladies Tour, Brainwash Ladies Tour, I should say, is brilliant because it's one of those ones where it's flat stage, flat stage, flat stage, flat stage, and then they hit the Kalberg <laughs> a load like, of times. Like 2,000 times in one stage. It's yeah, it's basically been set up as a pre-Worlds course to, mm. to play on. So, you know, and, and, and it means that the GC, it, it's one of those ones with intermediate sprint bonifications. So, you know, the GC is like really, really tight at the moment. Um, I'll come on to how it's gone on in a, in a little while, but then it'll all change on the final day. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Uh, so who's in where? Well, so Turtles of Lardash has got a load of mixed teams. It's just full of bonkers teams yeah it's like so you so you look down the start list and it's got um uh um the b pink um and biscaya durango and lots of lotto bellisol and vienna futuroscope and jesse gestion and that's all good but then you get to a whole load of national teams so there's a canadian national team there's a USA national team, there's a Swiss team, a French team, um, Nor Norway, which is basically the high-tech girls from Norway, to be honest, even though it's pretending to be a, a national team. Uh -huh. you know, it, it's crazy. Uh, and then you get the international team. And the international team is made up of Emma Pooley, Sharon Laws and Marine de Vries from Our, Our Drink Leontine. Yes. Rachel Nalen, who rides for Abbas, uh, Abbas um, Nutrition. Yes. Um, Hannah Nilsson, who I don't know about, and Marguerite van Kloppenberg, who's a lovely, lovely Belgian rider. So that's a weird international team. And Marine's been, Marine's been, um, blog, been tweeting comedy things about how everyone's looking after them. So, you know, Cats Canada's doing their dinner, the USA is doing their washing, and, and they're doing their own shopping and things like that. And they seem to be having a good time. I think, I think we should rename the tour, um, Ladesh, to the cocktail tour. Because it's like, cocktail. yeah, like you take two parts, ah, uh, drink, Leontine, um, three parts this, two parts <laughs> that, stir, shake well, serve chilled, you know, like. Yes, exactly. And then there's another mixed team, which is just called Mixed Team 2. But then when you look <laughs> down the start list, I know, and then when you look down the start list on um, Cycling Fever, it's just got this whole load of riders who they've just got no idea who's... <laughs> In what team? 
Oh I'm no! It's I'm like it's like turning up to a school camp and and finding out that you're, you're assigned to some dorm with all the kids from a different grade, and <laughs> uh, hope you guys aren't uh, tools. Yes, and um, and and Carla Ryan, who also writes for uh, I Drink Leontian, is writing for as a guest writer for for this small British team for VO Red, which is like. I don't know if anyone actually in that team actually writes for that team, usually. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so... Um, so, who's there? So, the Canadians, Joel Newmanville, Leah Kirchman, Lex Albrecht and Ver Veronique Labonte are in Canada. Um, you've got Andrea Dvorak and C uh, Kristen McGrath um, in, in, in Team USA. Uh, the French team's got, like... Uh, just basically the French team's half of their Worlds team. I mean, this is, I mean, part of it obviously is that we're coming up to Worlds season. So, you know, getting the Belgian riders riding together, for example, is seen as a good thing. So, you know, it, so it's funny. So, yeah, so that's, that's who's there. Um, yeah, there's a pretty, I mean, that international team is pretty bloody strong. And mm. yeah, they're, 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 Hopefully, we'll walk it. Please, please. Pretty sure that whoever wins will be from one of those countries. <laughs> I'm, yes, I, I just hope it's Emma Pooley. <laughs> um, and the Brainwash Tour is a much more sensible. So, the Brainwash has got all the big. Has got like. Hang um, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you really just, with a straight face, say the Brainwash Tour is more sensible? I love the Brainwash Tour. I oh, yeah, I no, look, I'm not knocking the tour. I just find it brilliant and hilarious and awesome that something called Brainwash can be sensible. That's... Well, Brainwash, Brainwash, as I'm sure I've told you before, is a chain of Dutch hairdressers. Oh, I'm aware of that, but I'm still suspicious of their giant hairdryer helmety things. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and you know, just just when they take you when they take you into the you know into the into the back room to wash your hair, exactly, and, you and then you come out going must drink more Heineken, and it's like yeah. mm, something's <laughs> going on. I can yeah, well, actually, probably come out going must ride my bike. <laughs> oh, because they're a, in that case. It wouldn't worry me so much. That's all right. Exactly. You, we, we, well, I mean, apart, quite apart from the fact the idea of brainwashing implies one has a functional brain to start with, sir. Oh, snap. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, so that put me in my place, didn't it? Shit. So we'd never notice the difference before and after with you because I think, you know. Mm, mm, yeah. No, I would just come out going, must drink more Heineken. Hoping someone would <laughs> give me so, a Heineken. So they've got, so they start off with Rabobank, with Marianne Voss, Annemiek van Vluten, Pauline Fran-Prevot, Iris Slappendel, Lisbeth de Vocht. Then you've got Specialised Lululemon, who've got Ina Yoko Tutenberg and Ellen van Dyke and Evelyn Stevens and Trixie Warwick. Then you've got the actual RR drink, Leontine NL, which has got Kirsten Veeld and Jessie Darms and Shelley Old. At one point, it did have Veeld, Old and Armistead, but Armistead has, um, has pulled out of the race for some reason, probably to do with... Um, post-Olympic hangover still. I don't mean hangover as in drunkness, but, you know. Uh, Green Edge has got Judith Arndt, Sharon Shara Gillow, um, and also Linda Willemson. Um, yeah, then who else? High Tech's got Emma Johansson. Uh, yeah, there's just shed loads of really strong teams. Um, Georgia Bronzini's there, but she's riding for an Italian national team. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, rather than a... Rather than a um, Russian uh, rather national team. Rather than Deodora. 
And yeah, and then they've got um, right down the bottom of the list, they've got so many riders who've pulled out already because it's a bit crazy. And right down the bottom of this, you've got a Belgian national team. So, you know, it's, it's fun times. It's a good race. It's, uh, yeah. Just out of I'll curiosity, do you know if Belgium's got a government yet? They, they had a government. They've had a government for ages. Really? Didn't notice. Couldn't tell the difference. I know. Well, neither, neither could they. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah, curious as hard. Okay, sorry. Yes, continue. So to the Lardesh, I'll start there, French. Um, so it starts off the first stage with a prologue. Um, it was 2.4 kilometre time trial. It was won by this woman, Cecilie Johnson from uh-huh. High Tech. And she's this Norwegian woman who's come out of nowhere. And I was asking Carl well, Lehman. No, she came out of Norway. Well, yeah, I'm sure Jens would have something to say about where Norway is. It's to the west of Sweden. I'm it's sure, not that hard to find. I'm sure all Norwegians are lovely. Um, anyway, uh, so Carl Lima, so everyone's going, where, where's this woman come from? Because she's in her 30s. She's a brilliant rider. She won the first two stages, so the, the short time trial and then the road race. Um, and apparently she had been, she used to be a football player, uh-huh. a soccer player, and she'd turned to cycling. And she was spotted because there was this Nor- Norwegian... Because every time there's Norwegian races, you kind of, uh, as Monty says, you kind of expect high-tech to win everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except there was this woman, Cecile, you know, Cecile Johnson, who was just winning, who just kept beating them. So Carl signed her up. <laughs> well, it seems pretty logical to me, really. <laughs> if, if you can't beat them, sign them, he said <laughs> to me on Twitter. Yes, indeed, indeed. Mm. Uh, then, um, then they had so that was the first two stages. Then they had a day with two stages on the same day. The morning was a short time trial, won by Ashley Moorman, and the afternoon was a hilly road race, won by Emma Pooley. Who's that? <laughs> I know. Um, and then uh, yesterday's stage was won by Joelle Newmainville from Canada, and today's stage was won by Carla Ryan, um, Aussie, Aussie win. Hooray for Carla Ryan, she's a lovely person. Um, yeah, um, so Pooley's leading the GC by about a minute and 25 seconds over Ash Norman, and there's two stages to go, so we'll see what happens. Excellent. Yes, um, Pooley might win. Um, Maybe. But you're you're a little biased in your hopes and dreams in that area, so you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and uh, over in Holland, uh, what's really really funny, you know, Dutch racing is basically known for being very flat and very windy. And my one of my favourite. But things I don't be, think it's been that windy this time. I know all the Twitter's full of like all the Twitter and the blogs are full of people going, "There's no wind. There's no wind. It's boring." <laughs> well. That's the thing is, like, I've heard that pretty much every stage has finished like six or seven hours early because there's been no wind, and so they're just straight through it, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and reading, um, I think Ina, Ina was apparently apparently it's so flat in the Netherlands that if it's not windy, you can ride at three hundred kilometers an hour. It's amazing. (laughs) Well, I think I think generally when you're riding in the Netherlands, you're generally riding into some into some horrific wind that makes you know, basically makes you ride at five miles an hour. Exactly, and so then you take that wind away, and all of a sudden, all this superhuman legginess comes to play, and yeah, 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 and it's so yes. flat that it's actually basically all just a giant, gentle downhill slope, and yeah, yeah you achieve you achieve Mark three um, pretty pretty comfortably, and yeah, nudge it, the sound so, barrier. 
it's yeah but i think that's what they've been doing so i mean yeah so if you look at like um i've made a twitter list for all the um riders uh, who are on twitter who are riding in, in both of these tours which hang on you're on twitter i know it's hard to believe but i do quite like social media that's weird. I don't. I don't understand how I've not known that you were on Twitter. What's I, I, What's your name on Twitter? My My name is um underscore pigeons underscore. Um, I, I, are you on Twitter? Dan? No, no, I'm not on Twitter at all. Huh? I'd add you if I. I'd add you if I. If you were. I. I. Are you online very often? No, I hardly ever use the internet. There's no future in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I. I don't understand these people do. People who are obsessed with social media and computers and stuff like that, it just makes no sense to me at all. Um, but if I was if I was on Twitter, I'd probably go by Intended or something like that, yeah. How, how, how do you spell Intended? Um, well, carefully, because there's a lot of E's in it. Um, E-N-T-E-N-D-E-R-E-D. Lots of E's. Mm. It is actually the most common vowel used in the English language. And that has been Random Diversions for the day. <laughs> doing quite well at the random diversions um yeah it only took us two hours to actually start podcasting <laughs> or maybe three days <laughs> <laughs> yes happy listeners if you're wondering why this didn't come out it was because we just kept chatting uh, anyway uh back to brainwash brain again um so First stage, um, Ina, I'm so old, I'm so tired, I'm so old, I can't wait to retire. Yoko Tutenberg on stage one. Yes. And, okay, so um, stage two was a TTT, and I might have mentioned that Specialised Lululemon were in the race. <laughs> oh, right, yes, because um, they are the TTTTTTTTTT team. Yes, they totally are. They haven't been beaten since um, Cervelo Test Team stopped being Cervelo Test Team. They just and and became specialised. No, kidding, kidding. That's not how it went. Oh. <sighs> mm. um, so so yeah, they won, but they only won by nineteen seconds and over a thirty-four kilometre time trial. That's pretty good. Um, and so it's Orica AIS in second, and they had. Judith Arn and Linda Willemsen in their time t- team time trial team. But what happened to uh, all their time to practice? Because they were talking some good smack ahead of this TTT. Yeah, yeah, they I think they're basically going to be, they're going all out for the Worlds, for the first Worlds. Oh, right. And I would still not bet against Specialised Lululemon, but, you know, Judith Arn, I think she's, you know, she's she's only got, like, five or something uh, world championship titles to her name and so when she retires I think she quite fancies another couple yeah no definitely because I mean so far she's only using one hand to count them you yeah know, um, that's... And, you know the other hand's full of Olympic medals but you know um, yeah uh, Rabobank came third 58 seconds behind and then there's a huge drop off down to our, our drink which was uh, 2 minutes and 14 so yeah yeah, so, you know, expect Specialised, Orica and Rabobank to be podiums for the Worlds, I'd say. Um, yeah, stage three was a, another sprint, you know, wind, la la la, and Kirsten Field won! I'm so happy. Um, at stage three, there was, because uh, it's all flat, so, you know, there's no time bonifications, the, the, the GC was hilarious because it was basically um, Charlotte Becker 
who was leading by who gained a second in an intermediate sprint qualification. Then it was all like the rest of the specialised Lululemons. Okay. Yes. Um, and it was also interesting, stage three, because this was a stage where, for once in the, for one, I don't know when this last happened, but specialised Lululemon missed the break. Oh no. And there was a really great blog on it. There was like all the, they were like tweeting the next day. The tweeting afterwards, yeah, we had the TTT yesterday, and then we had more TTT practice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ina Yoko has got a blog on the WTO Sports website about missing the break. They're saying that there were 35 kilometres to go, and they all thought they'd take a breather and it relaxed. And suddenly this break went, and they couldn't even get to the front. So she says, um, I had to do a bit of a cyclocross move over the grass and jump down 30 centimetres to get there. I reckon I scared some girls, but luckily I did not go down. Then I definitely wouldn't be considered a cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen had a sliding action on the other side, and we finally reached the front and started our chase. We realised some big players were up front in the break, and it wasn't going to be an easy task. We pretty much ended up doing another TTT for about 25 kilometres. Good for me, as I was actually just able to stay with the girls today. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, then she goes on there was, there was for sure not much talking going on as we all knew we too, totally missed this break and it should never happen we did even emphasize that point in the meeting if the pain in our legs will be a reminder tomorrow that this will not happen again <laughs> oh my legs hurt just hearing about it it's terrible it's it's just I mean I can't imagine the, the sight of specialised missing a break of you know this is the team where in these Dutch races you generally get break that's like you know eight specialised eight rabbit there's only six riders in the team but you know what I mean yeah five specialised five Rabo Bank and maybe Hansen <laughs> <laughs> but you know they kind of pulled it back. They uh, finished in the they finished in the bunch. So they didn't lose any time, so that was lucky. And just building the sprint over Mariana Voss and Emma Johansson. So stage four, there was a break, and this break had Mariana Voss, Charlotte Becker, Emma Johansson, and Yannicka Canis from Skillargos in it. Yep. And they escaped sometime down the road. Very exciting. And Voss won the sprint um, with Charlotte Becker and Johansson in second. And then uh, they dropped to get Paul Yannicka somewhere down the way. Uh, but then Kirsten Veeld won the bunch sprint for fifth, one minute 28 behind. But this was particularly good for Mariana because obviously she'd been, um, you know, she'd been back uh, because of, you know, they, they'd been, you know, she'd been about a minute back after the, after the team time trial. So, yeah. uh, you know, so it's kind of like, oh, Oh, that's a problem. So, um, Charlotte Becker from Specialised Lululemon is leading the GC. So, you know, she um, because of because of being in that break, with Voss behind her, twenty six seconds behind, and Ellen Van Dyke one minute and thirty five, and Trixie Warwick at one minute and thirty six. Uh-huh. Evelyn seems on the same time. So basically, um, it's going to be very interesting because I don't think they'll manage to shake off Voss. On the flat stages, but I also think Voss, when they come to the Kalberg stages, dot, 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 I think she is going to win this race again. And, you know, it will, uh, but, but who knows? Anything could happen. She could punch her. She could, she could miss the break. You know what I mean? It, anything could happen. And it's an exciting race. And I love it. 
Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, it is. It's very interesting. I'm sorry. I just was mentally trying to play through the different ways that it could go. And um, I have gone through every single possible outcome and uh-huh. have decided that, yes, Voss will win. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, and also in other randomness, um, as I was going to... Sorry, actually, before I launch into this, I should just confirm. We're up to date on our races then? We are completely up to date on our races. Excellent. It's good to be up to date. Then I will launch into this as I was getting read, ready to lay my pretty little head down to go to sleep last night. Or uh-huh. my actual head, whichever you prefer. Um <laughs> Pretty little head that was someone else's. <laughs> yeah, actually, that sounds really, really, really bad, doesn't it? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the horse head that someone left in your bed for you. <laughs> I'm so alone. rebranding you we need to stop playing <laughs> and start and start rebranding you i think <laughs> some kind of stud horse <laughs> anyway you've broken yourself <laughs> anyway <laughs> As I was getting ready to go to sleep last night, I saw a late night tweet come through, or middle of the day for everyone else, whatever. Um, you all live in weird time zones, fuckers. Um, Emma Pooley's quitting cycling for forever, or maybe a year, or something like that. Anyway, my question to you is, what the fuck? Oh, I know. Uh, it's been an interesting Emma Pooley week, actually, because she uh, won the Ort Roots last week and um uh she oh she she donated everything that she won in prizes to amnesty international um mm, yeah they were know, as, as charity charity auctions yes yeah and they're going for really really cheap i really recommend everyone to go and bid for them because they're really really cheap we'll put a link on our podcast post on our blog pro women'scycling.com but uh yeah um but she she was interviewed at all routes where she uh, was basically saying that the uci says turned women's cycling into a mickey mouse sport yeah mm. and she was talking about that she loved riding all routes where apparently you know, disney are now suing um the uci <laughs> for fucking it up but um so, so cycling news caught up with her to kind of ask her some questions about this um dan benton i think rang her and she uh she so she told them well yeah i i you know apparently the guy who she's she's basically without a team for next year the guy who is the director of our drink who's trying to take it on has apparently had an interview saying which riders he wants and he doesn't want emma okay and she's, so she's saying that she's basically considering taking it considering taking a year off you know 
that she's spoken to some other teams, but you know, it's it's. She says although some women's teams are really well run, there's such a hand to mouth existence. Every year it seems like a team folds, and it's a lot of stress. Mm. I found time cycling stressful this year, probably because I don't feel I've been at my best or got the results I've hoped for. So I'm thinking about taking a year off, and if I really miss it, I'll come back. The other option will be take a reduced race program and start a little later in the year because in the winter I need to finish my PhD, but I don't want to race any crap. Mm. so and then she has a bit of rant about um she says what the olympics made me realize is how brilliant it would be to be on a team like sky which is basically a national team with a massive budget there's no conflict or stress between national team or pro team no arguments over kit or race program uh it does seem strange because it's a huge opportunity and women's recreational cycling is is growing bike sponsors want to get women on bikes and the truth is it doesn't really cost anything to run a women's team with the budget sky i've got they wouldn't really notice Whenever you hear about Sky, you hear about exorbitant spending, and my team can't afford the petrol to go to races. Yeah. And then she has a bit of a, then she has a pop at the UCI, and this is her final paragraph. It says, you know, women's cycling in the men's peloton is widely regarded as a total joke, but that's because they don't know enough about it, and the UCI doesn't make any effort to further the sport. They basically imply that we're all shit, and that really pisses me off. We could do more of the same races as the men on the same day on the same course and get on the television. People will watch our racing like they did at the Olympics, and people will see that women's cycling can be exciting. Yeah. So basically, the state of women's cycling has pissed off one of the best women's cyclists in the world. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's pissed off a lot more than just her. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's where she's going. Right, I'm leaving. You know, and and I think she. Yeah, she's got her, she's, she's got to finish her PhD. She's a very very bright woman. Mm. Why should she be? Why should she be pissing around? And why don't, you know the way that British cycling, for example, dealt with everything over the Olympics. You know what? what where's the benefit for Emma Pooley to stay in the spot? So, so that's quite sad, really. And and she's not the only one who's going because um, there's the. The Ukrainian cyclist Lona Andrup, who's been really good this year, but she's quitting at the end of the year. And her teammate, Anita Longo Borghini, was tweeting about how, you know, how Andrup's leave. You know, one of the reasons Andrup's leaving is because it's really fucking hard being a woman cyclist. Mm. And she's really so she's had some really great results, but you know, it's just too hard for her. She's only she's only about she's only young. She's only twenty three or twenty four. So it is one of the things that um, you know always takes me back a little when when I consider the the sheer amount of sacrifice. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. someone who has you'll possibly be a little bit shocked and surprised by this Sarah, you may want to brace yourself, but made some poor life decisions. Um and <laughs> and dealt with the the consequences and fallout of those. I've taken jobs that didn't work out. I've found myself under you know, certain kinds of financial stress at different points in my life and so on and so forth. But um, I've not had to subject myself to anything where, um, you know, your, your very basic um, ability to uh, complete your job is constantly under threat. And yeah. It, I, I can only imagine, and it's quite terrifying in some ways to try to imagine the toll that must just take on you over time in terms of mental and yeah. emotional stress. Uh, yeah. I, I certainly have a lot of sympathy for it, and 
Um, and I think also that, that Emma in, in that um, has made excellent comments that are, are very, very much appropriate. And I think this is one of the things, you know, there's a lot of complexity and nuance about various arguments regards to, for example, sure, Sky can afford a team, but let's be honest, they, they so clearly give such... Um, little importance to the idea of a women's team that even if they were to set one up, there's no guarantee that they could do it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that you could throw all the money in the world at it, but if you've got shit managers who don't understand women's cycling and women's cyclists, then, you know, you're not going to have a great team. Um, yeah. And, and so there, there are admittedly a lot of questions, but, yes, yeah, her point stands quite brilliantly that you could run their entire team for a... A, a sum of money that, um, that that Sky would barely even notice. It, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a blip. It's it's in a, a single day event for for the main team, um, yeah. and it, it's. I, I think this is one of the things that I mean. Obviously, there's a lot of talk and a lot of desire. I think in the broader cycling community to do something about this to to attempt to begin to properly address and redress this inequity um but it is also a difficulty because there are so many different stakeholders uh coming from different perspectives and and with legitimate needs you know the needs of a rider you know um emma in this particular example um in terms of a team and a good race schedule and realistic expectations and also consideration for some of the other things that she has going on, like a PhD, are different to the needs of a team um, and are different, again, to the needs of a sponsor and are different, again, to the desires of the fans and are different, again, to um, at least how the UCI sees its role you know, leaving aside the argument of what it should or shouldn't be doing, how it how it sees its role at the moment. And right. so finding the the meeting point of all of those different things and working out a an actual practical plan to to do something becomes very difficult and it becomes really easy. And I've seen a lot of this in the last few days on Twitter, um, for people to, to basically mm-hmm turn to finger pointing well if the uci would just do something well if sky would just sponsor a team well if media outlets would just report the races well if they would just put them on tv and it's always they 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 and um for me personally you know i'm a bit fucking past it and this is why this is why um i have you know, enjoyed so much and and continue to enjoy coming up with crazy ideas because one part of the absurdity for me is highlighting, you know, the the numerous different stupid ways that we could do something that would, you know, allegedly be a simple cure-all and, of course, the joke is that we all know it wouldn't. Um, But then, on a more practical sense, this is one of the things that I've really enjoyed about um, our social media jersey project is... You know, on the one hand, it, it's very easy for it to look like a small thing and a simple thing, and it is, in the grand scheme of things, a small and simple thing, but that's part of the beauty of it. But it's also, mm-hmm. the thing that matters to me about it is that it's a practical thing. It's, yeah. you know, at the end of this project, we're going to have given 
um, and as yet unknown number of riders because wonderful people continue to donate and contribute. And thank you very much to those who have, and thank you in advance to those who will. Um, because we're sitting at just over $1,700 so far. Hopefully we'll get to 2000 by uh, mm-hmm. by the end of the tours, and maybe we'll be so lucky as to make it to 2500 That would be brilliant. Um, but anyway, the point being that we have... We will definitely have an overall winner. We'll have winners for each of the three races, and we'll have as many minor prizes as we can manage to give away and still still keep it um, as as worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the point is that um, it's really easy, I think, to to lose heart. And I'm not yeah. suggesting that that Emma has failed. Um, in any way or anything like that or that she has particularly lost heart because I I don't know her and I don't know her position well enough and I can certainly understand her circumstances have led to a very difficult place and and the decision that she's looking at making is a rational and reasonable decision in her situation and I Mm. would would never ever suggest otherwise but that for us as fans and, and, um, and observers of the sport it is easy to lose heart and to feel like nothing can be done and when will this be solved and that we need someone else to save us and that's the part that i reject out of hand because um regardless of what the fuck anyone else does we can do something and we we are doing things and things like the the jersey the social media jersey matter to me because it's an opportunity to just say look we don't have a lot right now, and we haven't worked out exactly what the long-term answer is. But we want want you ladies to know that we're paying attention, we give a shit, and we're on your side, you know. And we appreciate what you do, and that that matters to us. And you know, sometimes it's that that subtle word or act of encouragement and and care that's worth even more than um, than the the fiscal reward. Um, so. I am sad to hear Emma's news. I understand completely where it comes from, and I hope that there's a a better solution in the near future for her. But I also don't want to shy away from the fact that I believe, I honestly believe that there's an answer out there, that... I feel like the attention that women's cycling is getting from fans um, is growing. I feel like the fans who exist are, like myself, becoming more familiar with and acquainted with the sport and getting to know Mm -hmm. it better and, and through that be more deeply involved with it. And I feel like there is a real, um, understanding in the, the professional side of the community between, you know, um, growing number of riders and team managers and so on and so forth. Um, about the need to find a better system or make a better mm-hmm. system to to deal with this shit, and yeah. and so I honestly I really do believe that we're we're close to working out what that is. It might you know when I say close, yeah, it's years in the making. It, it's not simple and it's going to hurt along the way, but I, I still remain hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I guess what I've seen is people go, oh, well, Emma should be working hard. There's a lot of people who say things like, you know, Emma should be working harder. So, you know, should be doing this and that and the other to give herself, you know, to kind of to kind of help make a team and la, 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 la. And I kind of feel like, oh, really? You know, like, really? 
it, it, it's not that it's not like that you know what I mean you kind of uh, don't really it doesn't feel like that to me it feels like she's it feels like she's you know they, they shouldn't have to do this they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to work so hard you know well that's that's the thing and uh, you know in an interesting side note to that I saw another thing on, on Twitter um, in relation to um you know, women uh, pros blogging and and um, and interacting on social media, and the frustration that that comes from not from doing it um, because you know obviously there's a reciprocal participation directly with fans and so on that that is nice and positive, but that mm-hmm. it is hard when that's the best and and in some cases only way to get news out about yeah. what's going on. Um, and as as you're fond of pointing out, you know these these ladies can you know ride a really hard stage, come back to the the hotel, and then turn around and and start writing a blog or updating us on Twitter or whatever. And, and it's charming and hilarious and great storytelling and they're brilliant at it. And I never ever ever want to not have that. But you know it it does add to the um, the sense sometimes I think maybe of of um well or heightened awareness of the the lack of overall support for for what it is that they do when you can you know look across the hall and see the the men have so much taken care of for them that they don't have to yeah. worry about and and it's one of the things that I've seen more than one um person comment on about making it in the in the men's pros is that one of the things that makes things so much easier is not having to think about things like filling yeah. your bottles or washing your kit or yeah, 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 or yeah, yeah, any yeah. of those I, those other sorts of things and yeah. and and the men the men there've been some kind of the dude there've been some dude complaining in the welter about you know things less than perfect yeah and you know having to change with no buses at the finish line and la 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 and it's like they rightly get called a task on it, but you know, it works to our world. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's kind of like, I mean, I, I think Bridie O'Donnell was having a was having a, a, a thing about this on Twitter just the other day about, you know, this isn't. We know you exist, the men. You're on TV all the time. You've got, you know, pretty much. That's I think that's my paraphrasing of Bridie. That's not necessarily what she was intending to say, but they, you know, they've pretty much got nothing. Nothing that you know. The, the, what they complain about is so small. Yeah, yeah, and and that there's no you know, and and this is the thing too where you, you run into the the risk of circular arguments because then some people turn back and say, well, yes, and so if if media companies would just put it on and then media companies say, yes, well, if people would just read our stories and watch the races, then we would. And, and, and it just goes round and round and round and round and round. And that's the part I object to. It's not that any of those statements are necessarily untrue or wrong. You know, most of them probably aren't. But fuck it, something's got to change. And, you know, clearly whilst ever people point at the next person in the chain and say, well, if they would just then we're not going to change anything. And I'm, yeah. de- I'm determined to see change and make change. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think, and I think Emma's, Emma's public rants are coming from a position of wanting fair change, actually. Well, and that's because, what I was going to say, because I think the first thing that we can do and, and we are doing is talking about it. And, and 
you know, whether the change is led by the UCI or led by the teams or, or led by um, the creation of a writers' union and an open revolt, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah. the, the point is it's got to start with us actually going, well, what are the problems and what can be done? And, yeah. and then let's do that, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, let's maintain the lofty goal of, of achieving perfect, beautiful, sustainable sport, absolutely. But in the meantime, let's recognize that we're years away from that happening. So what can we do today? What can we do now? What the fuck can we do? And, yeah. and then let's do that thing. And we'll just pick one and we'll get it done. Yeah. And then we'll all feel better because we've done one thing. And then yeah. we'll do two things, and then we'll do three things, yeah. and before you know it, we'll be there. Yeah. And then we'll be complaining about, you know, not being able to get changed in the buses or something, and it'll be nice. It'll be yeah. nice. I, mean, I, feel, I feel so grateful for the Chargers project, because, you know, being able to actually do something mm. Mm. is a good thing. But, yeah, yeah it's sad. So there is a bit of a list of our riders who are moving on, and uh, who else? Rosters last race was um, oh, so sad. She's such a good rider. She's such a leader, right? rider, but Donna was her last race, um, and she was there. Were photos of her wearing signs that had been put on her by her teammates on her last day. You know, watch out! It's my last race, and that something on her back that was very cute. Um, Sandy Good is leading. Um, she's leading Stanago, uh, Ludovic Henrion, the Belgian riders going. And on a more interesting note, well, more interesting note, I guess, uh, Ella Johansson's leaving high tech. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and, I mean, Ella's, been, Ella's generally been the will be in, a, in, in kind of in, 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 in small cities of very good rider. She's like one of those riders who, who doesn't really need a team. But there have been suggestions that she might do a big team like Green Edge. Oh, okay. That's interesting. It would be very interesting. It'd be a very different atmosphere and environment for her. But mm. you know. how how was she with lip syncing to call me? Maybe. <laughs> well, we don't have any videos from the women's team for ages. Well, yeah, but the women's team are too classy to do something that shit. You know, like seriously. Oh. But no, I mean, I think you know. Uh, I was. I'm, I'm still hoping that someone submits something to social media, right? Of a video, dance video, dance more dancing riders, please. We always like dancing riders. So yeah, um, some good news. And some news that a couple of years ago, uh, in this like if you follow with cycling, you basically follow uh, Lynn Patches Twitter, early adopter who tells about races and people's blogs. Um, Fantastic Australian cyclist. She's you know one of those Gensworthy riders, very very strong, very tough, very good blogs. But um, she retired last year. She had her baby. Oh, cool! It's very exciting. Little baby Jennifer and her blog, which used to be a cycling blog, is now a baby blog. A baby cycling blog. <laughs> oh, say it puts things like this year on into perspective. How tired she thought she was. <laughs> yeah. uh, if only I could go back to those heady days of, of agony-filled legs and uh, and all those exactly. horrendous climbs. Exactly. It's um yeah. It's 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 all good. So mm. that's really good news. Um, 
Congratulations, yeah. Muzzletov, or or whatever yeah, the appropriate it, thing is. I don't think you break glasses over babies. Um, the good news, the other happy news is that it was the um, Paralympics, which are amazing. So, you know, Paralympics, very fantastic. So much, so much good stuff. I, you know, when I was a kid, I actually thought the Paralympics was like um, for special military forces. That's hilarious, isn't it? Though, be kind of cool <laughs> if it was. It, you know, the Paralympics doesn't. It's not the Paralympics. Isn't like the normal Olympics. It doesn't need help being cool because it already is so cool. Olympics. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Able body Olympics is the, is the phrase. Whatever, norms. <laughs> Boring. So yeah, so oh the Paralympics is amazing and I've just been enraptured. You know you know I had Olympic fever. Yes. And helping me then. It's actually even more so with Paralympics because oh the coverage on Channel Four is incredible. They're really, really telling the stories incredibly well and the action is brilliant. The sports are amazing. And I've always loved track sprinting. But track sprinting on a tandem is just, just spectacular. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, they, they're doing all the same um, little moves, like the little flicks in the back wheel and the, you know, the kind of painting and uh, tactical stuff. But they're on a tandem. It's amazing. That's insane. And hand and so many good I think um, Sarah Story won her 22nd Olympic, uh, Olympic medal 22nd 22nd she started as a son when she was 14 years old 1992 yeah and she's um, yeah she's her 22nd Paralympic medal that's ridiculous she got more I mean she she, she had to stop swimming she infections and that's why she turned to cycling and Slightly, it's because you know she can only maximum number of goals win is four on the bike. So you know, so she won all four. But there's also there's this young Australian called so, so Sarah Story rides in the C5 category, which is the one where your disability affects riding the least. Right. And in the C1 category, there's this young Australian called Jane Harris, who's the only C1 rider at all um, in the women's yeah and she's been for years racing the world racing the world cups by herself uh-huh. and she can't win because she's not allowed to win or be the world champion or anything because there's only her in her category right but she came uh, she came third in the in the city one to three time trial so happy she's such a such an amazing rider so many amazing amazing people amazing stories that Really, really inspiring, and not in an open or cripple type way, but in a really, really look at these people who've just who who are working really, really hard, who are really showing us what they're fighting for. Makes you think. Well, actually, I should be fighting for things too. You know what I mean? Like it's just inspirational and beautiful and fantastic, and they never want it to end. Mm, mm. It's true, and you've made me think of the things I should be fighting for in my own life, like bedside coffee and beer service. And <laughs> you mean your own one year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're talking Sky types one year. He'll probably fill your guns and wash your, wash your wash your clothes for you, not uh, women's cycling types one year. 
Well, they're they're overworked and underpaid. Um, you know, I, yeah. I want someone who's got time to pay attention to the details and cut the crusts off my cucumber sandwiches and things like that. So, just exactly, exactly, and um, you know, who will warm the milk to the right temperature and all that sort of shit. <laughs> We, oh my god, it's the mountain bike downhill world champs. Um, that's uh, the mountain bike world champs, I should say. Uh, last weekend was the downhill, and it was won by Morgan Sharp from France, which was a real, real shocker because she's um, really like she had the race of her life on the race that counted. Um, my favourite, uh, Rachel Lapperton, actually messed up her back in, in the practice rides. I think she came fifth. And Emily May came second, and young Bruno Carpenter came third. So, oh, that's spectacular racing. And yeah, I think that's the end of me talking about this week's racing. Okay. <sighs> Are you sure? Do you need more time? Do you want to double check? Just make make certain. I think, I think that's it. Okay. As long as you're comfortable. Yep. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, um, are you ready for something else to cheer you up? Go on. Because I have a little bit of a crazy idea. <laughs> What's your crazy idea? Well, I don't know about in the UK. In Australia, we have um, a law that's kind of dubiously applied and, you know, a bit controversial because of its political nature and all that sort of shit. But, you know, it, it I think is one of those things that started with good intentions. Um, and like so many things that start with good intentions, is open to serious abuse. And that's what I propose we do. We have a law that um, that basically says that um, a convicted criminal is not allowed to profit from the story of their crime. So, in other words, you can't, you know, cut the heads off 14 people, put them on sticks, stick them up in your front yard, and then make money off writing a book about it or selling the rights to the movie yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, what happens is they take the money and it goes to your victims. So, I propose that we apply this law to Lance Armstrong. <laughs> now that he now that he is subject to a lifetime ban, had his title stripped, and because we all know that it's fucking coming, there's a flood of books, there'll be some bullshit movie starring his best friend Matthew McConaughey as Lance... You know, defending himself in court, going back to his John Grisham movie roots, being a lawyer, saying, Your Honor, in a Texas drawl, I did not touch that what no, um, did not take those drugs, um, or, or whatever. And there'll be money aplenty from it. We take all of that, and we give it to the victims of his crime. Women cycling. <laughs> I mean, I hope so to get through a whole... I don't know, maybe two hours without seeing Lance Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Dear world, please have a Lance Armstrong free day. Thank you very much. This is Sarah. But yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think so. I think, yeah, let's make it get and his vast, vast personal fortune and his shares in gold mines with well, billions and all of that. <laughs> 
Well, we don't even have to take all of those things. I mean, I, I'm not against that. We can. But even just on the books that we know are yet to be released, the movie rights that are yet to be sold, and all the money that is yet to come from profiting from this crime, we can just take all of that, and I'm pretty sure that we can fund about 4,000 women's teams every year for at least 300 years. Yeah, you know the slight problem, though? We, we, we're going to run out of women cyclists before we run out of funds? Yeah, but also he um, he, uh, he had those court cases coming up. You know the kind of Sunday Times libel case and the the, the case with the uh, insurance firms like that. So I have a sad feeling other people have got their eyes on that money. Oh right, okay. You think the competition for the money might be a little fierce? Yeah, but speaking of money, <laughs> well, you know, we could always look for a competitive edge. Speaking of money. <laughs> yes. Oh. Speaking of money. Speaking of money. We've been raising some. We've been raising some. Well, we have. We have been raising, well, quite a bit actually. Uh, well, then, how about you catch us up on the the total? So, so the total for the social media jersey one thousand seven hundred and thirty-five. As you said earlier, maybe he gets two thousand, maybe two thousand hundred. Uh, we're doing really well, and um, yeah, and we're we've got some really nominations for people who've been put forward as possible winners for prizes, prizes, I should say. And yes, maybe I thought you might like to tell our one listener what we're going to do with the money. Well, Mum, what we're going to be doing with the money? <laughs> I'm kidding. My mum doesn't listen. It's yeah. I... <laughs> I, I hope my mum doesn't listen. Shit. Mum, if you're listening, stop listening now. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so what we're going to be doing is giving away, as Sarah said, a multiplicity of prizes. Um, we will have our overall social media women's jersey prize winner, uh, which will be the rider who receives the most votes in our giant mega poll, uh, which will be opening during the week. Um, then we will also have a winner for each of our three races, which are Toscana, Ladesh, and Brainwash. Um, you don't have to say Brainwash with a rolled R. It just sounds cool if you do. Um, I was, I was, I was admiring your rolled R's. Wishing I could do it. Mm, mm. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, what we'll also then be doing, depending on how much money we ultimately end up raising, and if you'd like to swoop in and donate a million dollars now, please do. We'll happily accept it. Um, is award uh, minor placing prizes as far down as we can go. Um, we don't have the ability to give you exact specifics yet because we don't know how much uh, prize money we'll be dealing with overall. But once we do, we will let you know. Uh, and... In the meantime, we are, as Sarah said, accepting more nominations, so keep an eye out on the last couple of stages, and uh, post your nominations on prowomencycling.com, or tweet them to us at underscore pigeons underscore, or intended, and uh, do continue to spread the word, share the news, and, um, and continue to excite those fellow lovers of all things women's cycling. Um, about one of the, the joyful, fun, participatory, practical things that we can do to make uh, 2012 just that little bit better for, uh, for the, the pro women's peloton. <laughs> and actually, if, if, if people can do, if they, if 
Can you go on? I've been writing a series of blog posts about celebration social media. Um, and there's a quick reminder that one thing that fans can do to help is actually just click through, click through links. When you link to a page or a ride blog or a rider website, just click it, open it up, have a read, and ideally have a read and then everything else. So, you know, every click helps. And it really does make a difference. Even if you've been on that site before a hundred times, just click again, go up hundred one. Because, you know, it, it shows that we care. And it's, well, it's, it's not just for the riders, but also for others. The the yeah the countable things that um, that demonstrate to sponsors that they're getting value for their investment. So, you know, click. Um, sorry, every time you say click or I say click, it reminds me of um, the road safety campaigns that we had when I was a kid about putting on your seatbelt in the car. Click every trip. Oh, we had click clack front and back. So. Oh, but you have slip slap stop campaign don't you uh slip slop slap yeah you gotta get it in the right order it's australian you always slop in the middle (laughs) (laughs) finish with a slap (laughs) i think i think that no general reader general I think that note, gentlemen, we should probably leave you. <laughs> I think I've done all the wrong I can. <laughs> time to let it go. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, check on uh, on Wednesday for the giant mega poll post to be going up um, so that voting can begin. And um, send your nominations in, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Stay safe in the sun.